We are in a war right now. It's not a war you can see, touch, taste, hear, smell. You can only feel it. The battlefield takes place in the mind, but it's felt in the stomach. It's felt in our tightened chests and aching backs. It's a war on your soul, a war designed to make you forget and to distract you from your mission. Congratulations, ladies and gentlemen. We are soldiers in a war that will further the evolution of consciousness. We didn't sign up for this, but we signed up for this. (laughs) We're ready. There's so much happening both personally and globally that who could blame us for wanting to give up? for wanting to give in, to settle for distractions. Every day there's temptation to take our eyes off the prize. Temptation, though, is something to be thankful for. Because within temptation, there comes opportunity to buck up, so to speak, to show ourselves what we're made of and to affirm to ourselves who we are. It's not a time to give in. It's a time to call in. It's a time to call in our strength, our vision, call in the version of ourselves that we know we can be and equip ourselves with the fortitude to push forward. Now, fortitude is a word that I heard a lot in church, but I never actually looked it up until I did the research for this episode. So fortitude is a noun and it means courage in pain or adversity. So I would say that's feeling the fear and doing it anyway, right? Y'all know that quote, right? It's a little easier to face our fears when we're equipped with the fortitude, the armor of courage to do it anyway. So that's what I want to talk about today. The five pieces of spiritual armor, the fortitude to fight this war on our consciousness. Now, as mentioned earlier, I grew up in the church, so spiritual warfare is a term that I remember studying about, but I didn't really have any idea of the intensity of the subject and what it really meant. And I feel like it's so beautiful how the universe brings us full circle, because as I'm continuing to heal my wounds and become more comfortable with saying God again and looking up scriptures again, I remembered this term spiritual warfare. As I was doing the research, I was like, wow, I've, I really, I got to do my part and get this information out here and help people armor up. So let's get started. Um, I'm going to remix this term for this though. So instead of calling it spiritual warfare, I'm going to call it the soul strangle. No matter what you want to label it, the fact remains that if we're not careful, if we don't remain diligent in our spiritual practice, if we're not in tune with ourselves, with love, with the divine, our souls will struggle. So just so we're clear, as we dive into this episode, a soul strangle is defined as any thought, emotion, construct or person that threatens to impede your human progress and flourishing. So when you put it that way, you could be your own soul strangle. Whether that's self-pity, naysayers, alcohol, TV, whatever, the soul strangler can be any influence who seeks to make you forget who you truly are. 
You were put on this earth to do magical things and you are an absolutely beautiful starseed who was born to shine and show others the way. But it's up to you to find the courage to be who you were born to be and to share your story and to be comfortable living how you deem acceptable, even if it looks different from someone else. And not only does it take courage to show up with your heart and soul open, it takes diligence to recognize the potential attacks that we could succumb to as our soul begins to rise. Now, it's easier to wield off attack as you become more comfortable in your armor and skilled with your weapons. Your soul armor and divine weapons are there for you in the times when you're tempted to get lost in the river of despair or drown in the ocean of fear. Our armor protects us from the harsh elements of life and our weapons exude the divine power necessary to carry us through the storm. So I feel like I've set the stage for this enough. (laughs) So let's get into detail about these pieces of armor. So the first piece up for discussion is the helmet. Made of iron and designed not just for the head, the Roman soldier's helmet contained extensions and ridges meant to also protect the cheeks and neck. Now, I find it interesting that the helmet was made of iron because when I connect that information with the fact that iron is present in our blood and it's vital to our well-being, I mean, my wills were just going off there. um, The iron in our blood stream acts as a transporter, carrying oxygen to all the tissues in the body. So our spiritual helmets, they're that critical piece Our spiritual helmets are the critical piece that which carries the vital life-giving information straight from source to us. So what is the helmet? The helmet is our true north. So it's the path that our souls committed to walk before coming down here. The helmet acts as a spiritual tuning lever that keeps our ears aligned, attuned to the sounds of our soul, directing us through our desires, interests, excitements, as those waves of emotion ripple through us. When we take our helmets off, we are exposed to thoughts, ideas, and societal norms that might lead us away from our true north. We expose ourselves to thoughts like, that's too risky, it probably won't happen, what if it doesn't work? We expose ourselves to the marketing that sells us on endless TV networks, entertainment subscriptions, social apps, and so on and so forth. The more those things have the opportunity to distract us, the more our minds will become aligned with the distraction picking up the habits and behaviors that come along with those distractions. And before we know it, we're way off course from our true north. Now, I talked about true north in my Fuck Your Purpose episode, so I'll link it in the show notes if you want to talk about it more, or if you want to know about it more. (laughs) So, spiritual insight prevents personal oversight. Keeping the helmet on means staying aligned at all times. So how do we do that? Engage in psychic oasis. So a psychic oasis is a state of mind that is considered nourishing to the soul. 
just as a regular oasis is a place to relax, restore, and renew, a psychic oasis is a state of being that restores and renews our commitment to showing up as our divine selves. It is in this state that you can receive directions for where your soul wants you to go. Dr. Joe Vital refers to this as the zero state in his book with Dr. Hin Lin called Zero Limits. I do have that linked in the show notes if you're interested. But from the zero state, a state of mind that is free of anxiety, worry, doubt, fear, that's the place where the divine, God, your higher self, whispers to you the next step. It shines a light on the next three feet ahead of you. This is why they say follow your passion. Because when you stay excited, your higher self can guide you more clearly. When you're in your passion, God's voice speaks a lot louder. From this state, without any blockages from the human mind, you literally become God's hands acting on her behalf. You literally animate your higher self, bringing her 5D wisdom into 3D consciousness. Psychic oasis is acknowledging and giving up the illusion of control and allowing life to surprise you and accepting what it gives you as if you had chosen it. Psychic oasis is knowing that you are the magician, that you got this, you're in complete control of your reality, and taking 100% responsibility for how your reality appears for you, because you are the common denominator of all your experiences. Psychic oasis is coming to terms with the fact that this is all you and none of you, and it's really not that serious, but it does matter because you make it mean something. Psychic oasis is being able to hold all of these conflicting truths in reverence at the same time. It's committing to the call and trusting the ride. That's why I said spiritual insight prevents personal oversight. When you've got the helmet on and you're living from a state of mental, emotional well-being, you can't fail. It's only when we keep our minds cluttered with expectations and social media and the news and that grudge from three years ago. When we live off of that shit every day, yeah, soul strangle is inevitable. So let's move on to the next piece of armor, the breastplate. So for the Roman soldier, the breastplate served as protection for some of the most important parts of the body, the heart, lungs, and stomach. Essential for battle, this piece played its role in times the soldier was not quick enough to block with his shield. In the absence of this piece, there was vulnerability to an attack that could result in instant death. In modern times, our breastplate we put on every day is the truth. The truth is, life is a school. You chose to learn here. Every day is a new lesson. The truth is, you have the talents you do because you're supposed to share them. The truth of who we are, that we are spirits on a physical mission, fills our hearts with precious blood and our lungs with vital air. Knowing the truth helps you not be so glued to emotions and events. Our experiences are meant to teach us how to be more of our soul selves. We need these truths. The breastplate 
is the ultimate lie detector, evolving the unactualized parts of us and correcting our misled egos. So here's how to use the breastplate to stay on track with soul consciousness. Commit to your intuition. The intuition has a direct line to the heart. It's the voice for the heart. Modern science reveals that the heart has a brain with its own nervous system. So the heart knows. Science might call it the second brain, but I call it the centered brain. Located in the literal center, the heart is the liaison for the lower and higher chakras. The space where the physical connects to non-physical. The only way to tap into the centered brain is to feed your intuition. When you first start feeding intuition, you might have to strain to hear. Her voice might be very quiet. She hasn't eaten in a while. But as she gains her strength back, she will grow louder. She'll be easier to talk to. One super fun and easy way to feed your intuition and start getting attuned to her voice is with a game called Heed the Hunch. If you follow me on Twitter, you already heard about this. Um, but in this game, the rules are very simple. Listen, but don't think. You can play by yourself with a partner or a group, whatever. But basically, you just try to guess something. A card, a number, a color, whatever. But you're not actually guessing. You're listening to your body for the answer. This game isn't about winning anything or getting it right. This game is about teaching you how to feel the soft whispers, the quiet exhales of the soul. The more you play, the better you'll get. Another game to start getting in tune with your intuition is to pretend your body is a compass. Ask your body what direction means no, what means yes. So for you personally, you might sway back and forth or from left to right. But once you forget, once you get familiar with what means what, ask your body a question and wait for the sway. So the idea behind this game is your body already knows your true north because it houses the soul and the soul is always aligned to true north and the body records and remembers everything, right? So even though the mind doesn't always know, the body, which is the temple of the heart, always knows so the third piece of armor for today is the belt, also known as the girdle. In ancient Rome, this piece of armor was used to gather, enclose, or hold up other pieces of clothing. This is another foundational piece in the fight against soul strangle. Our spiritual belts hold in, connect, and secure all of our interior things. Placed near the root chakra, this particularly resonates because the root chakra reflects our sense of identity and safety, right? You feel me? Our spiritual girdles keep our souls safe, for without it, all of our interior things, our dreams, our truths, our being, our identity, would be scattered. The belt keeps us secure for the ride through life. On another note, the girdle is where ancient Roman soldiers would hold their swords when not in use. So more on the sword later, I will connect the dots between those two. So now that we have an understanding of what it does, I will tell you what it is. The girdle is our awareness. 
While the other two pieces of armor come naturally to us because they are included in our birthright, awareness, consciousness of who we are, that's a piece of armor that we must build for ourselves. When we come to this world, we forget. To remember, to become aware, that is our strength. That's our precious interior thing that we hold close to us as we navigate the 3D world. Without awareness, we are numb somethings wandering through our days and nights with only quick, bite-sized moments of joy, awe, peace. Without awareness, the other pieces don't matter. So here's how we can use the girdle to keep us on track. Start and end your day in prayer and solitude. Prayer is defined as a solemn request, an expression of thanks, or an earnest wish. Prayer is more than just talking to the divine. Prayer is an acknowledgement of the divine inside and outside of you. Earlier, I referenced um, the zero limits state from that book, right? You can get to this state of psychic oasis. And that wasn't their term. Okay, I'm going to take my credit where it's due. Psychic oasis is a term that came to my... Anyway, you can get to this state by entering into prayer. And if you don't like that word, use the word solitude. But whatever you want to call it, this daily practice is the belt that keeps you held together. Especially when somebody trying to get you out your character. You know what I'm saying? Okay, so another way we can use this girdle is on-the-spot correction of consciousness. So what the hell is on-the-spot correction? So that is noticing in real time when we're off track with our divine expression. So here's an example of what that looks like. On-the-spot correction is noticing that Getting cut in line makes you angry, but not letting anger speak for you, even though all you really want to do is cut some out, you know? That on-the-spot correction is basically that pause and pivot moment where you just, you take a breather and you respond instead of react. So another example of on-the-spot correction is instead of going into a mental spiral about how terrible, rude, and selfish people are, you choose to look at their behavior, not they themselves, as unacceptable. It's responding to another person's soul instead of looking down on them for being human. For any moment when you're not showing up as your highest self, on-the-spot correction is clutch. It's a piece of armor that takes some getting used to, but if you can master that, oh my god. Life would be damn near perfect because you can cleanse yourself of all the bullshit the moment it happens. I mean, doesn't that just sound divine? Yes. <laughs> so let's move on to the next piece of armor, gloves. The gauntlet glove is an ancient battle glove, sometimes filled with iron plates or fitted with blades or spikes. They protected the hands, forearms, and wrists, which were the most vulnerable, precious parts critical to successful combat. Gloves embody power, protection, mystery. They play an important role in our spiritual armor, and that is because our hands are connected to our heart. Our hands are extensions of our heart chakra. 
In the practice of magic, hands are symbols. They are symbolic of divine creation. Spiritual gloves protect our physical manifestations. For us, the gauntlet glove is our intention. Intentions are internal images that form the blueprint for behavior. Intention is spiritual momentum for your creations, for your life itself, and it must be protected. An unprotected intention is like digging into the earth with no gloves, no barriers to shield from her rough, no barriers to shield from her rough edges and the microbes and bacteria underneath. To have a clear, heart-led intention is to slip on the gauntlet gloves that form the fabric of reality we choose to live in. If we have awareness but not intention, we are disempowered souls struggling to see light, struggling to become what we know we can be. So here's how we can use the gauntlet glove to keep us on track. Commune with your intentions often. What does it mean to commune with your intention? So it means to keep it top of mind. Do you write down your intentions? Are they written on a mirror anywhere? Are they set as daily reminders on your phone? To commune with your intention is to make it so overwhelmingly visible in your field that you can't help but think, sleep, and breathe about it. Earlier I said that intentions form the blueprint. Since the gauntlet glove is all about protection and empowerment, our intentions as the blueprint also gives us a very clear list of things to avoid. The blueprint is a technical drawing of a plan or model. It provides clear direction as to what doesn't belong and what isn't necessary. Avoidance of the unnecessary and strict adherence to the model is the spiritual gauntlet glove, protecting our vision and providing momentum in the right direction. How clear is your blueprint? How strong your personal momentum? What are the guidelines that influence your behaviors? So just as one blueprint can contain three different orientations, our intentions can within them contain different levels of how we choose to be. I've gotten some of the best results when I've fleshed out my intentions by going completely 180 and getting a very clear view of the flip side. I believe I've spoken of this exercise before, but I will share it again. I don't have a cutesy little name for this one, but... What are we going to do about that, right? Whatever. So we're going to take a sheet of paper and draw a line down the middle. And on the left, write down all the things you wouldn't be saying if you were living the life of your dreams. And on the right, write down all the things you wouldn't be doing if you were living the life of your dreams. And then stop saying and doing those things. <laughs> okay, so finally, we have the shield. Earlier, I said that the breastplate came in handy when there was no time for the shield. However, the shield served as primary protection from long-term or large-scale attack. The shield has a variety of purposes. To block attacks from nearby enemies or arrows projectiled from far away. To proclaim a region or kingdom you come from or to form emergency shelter when opposing forces made gain. Although not attached to the main armor uniform, without your shield, you SOL, boo-boo, you ain't gonna last long. 
Now, depending on your beliefs and the language that you're comfortable with, the shield can be your ancestors, your higher self, your aura, whatever feels right to you. For me personally, my aura is my shield. That's the language I'm comfortable with using. So that's what we use. Okay. Um, the Bible verse, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Yeah, that's the energy of the shield. Okay. Our aura is the field around us. That carries information about us and transfers and sends data to the outer world. It is this bioelectric field that tells others to come closer or to stay away. Similar to an immune system, the idea is that our auras need to be kept clear so they can effectively put an end to things that most of the time we don't even know are out to get us. A strong, healthy aura intercepts insults, blocks the bullshit, and calibrates the creeps. You know I love my alliterations. <laughs> the Roman soldier's shield was made of multiple layers of thick animal hide, so tightly woven together that it was nearly as strong as steel. However, this shield could become stiff and breakable over a period of time if it was not properly taken care of. To keep their shields in good shape, the soldiers were given a daily schedule, which included applying oil to prevent it from breaking. To ignore this daily application of oil was an invitation for death. We face the same risk with our spiritual shields. Keeping a strong shield requires a similar diligent application of oil in the form of meditation, reading, offering up to the altar, praying for the guidance, staying away from negative influences, listening to the warnings. Yeah. Woo. So that was a lot. Um, in review, the five pieces of armor that we must equip ourselves are um, the helmet, which is our true north. Providing insight that keeps us on the path of who we're meant to become. The breastplate, the truth about the nature of life itself as told by the voice of intuition. The girdle, the awareness that holds our internal environment together as we navigate the world. The glove, the intention that gives our lives momentum as we walk the path of our true north. And finally, the shield which is our auras and ancestors that protect us from harm's way. So I originally had the intention to speak about armor and weapons in the same episode, but that's just not going to work. You know, it's going on. How long are we at? Oh, we're at 31 minutes. My God. Um, and my throat is dry. I've caught in mouth like a motherfucker. So um, yeah, this is going to have to be a part two. So we're going to be talking about divine weapons in part two, what those are. You probably have them and you don't even know it. Um, we'll be activating these weapons and learning how they come into play with our spiritual armor as we fight the battle of the soul strangle. So um, with all that being said, I love you so much. Thank you so much for listening. I will talk to you soon and goodbye.